You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another interesting episode of Ask a Drone You. As always, my name is Paul, and we have a very special guest and a very important announcement. Now, I know many of you who have been watching the show for quite some time have seen some of the public safety episodes that we have put out with John and Mike back in June when we announced the Props Public Safety Program, which is a program built for public safety, not only firefighters, but law enforcement as well. It's a comprehensive training program that's meant to really empower managers and chiefs and commanders as a whole. That way they can know who is flight ready and who is field ready. But more importantly, it's about knowing who's proficient versus who's current. And by providing a comprehensive training solution with resources, standard operating procedures, guides, and more, well, the idea is to help the service members who save our lives by making their lives a little bit easier. So joining me today is the host of the new Props Public Safety Podcast, Mr. John Wakey. John, how are you doing today, buddy? I am doing excellent, Paul. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Now, on the uh, anniversary of 9-11, you know, I think it's important to bring up because if I understand it right, the reason that you are a firefighter and have been for almost 19 years now is because of what happened at 9-11. So how did you get into firefighting and why is this something that's so true to your heart? Well, I got into firefighting I, I always wanted to be a firefighter ever since I was a little kid. They would drive past the window and I would always look out the window and stuff. Um, so that was basically I knew what I was going to become. 9-11 is really what sealed the deal um, when I seen how, you know, selfless and, you know, how hardworking and dedicated these members were. I wanted to be a part of that team more than anything in the world. And that's what pushed me to become, you know, a firefighter. Now, you, you've been working, obviously, with us for a few years to develop this content management system to train firefighters and how to best use drones. Um, but it's really about allowing them to rapidly scale their programs to save lives. Are you building these drone courses, programs, and now subsequently podcasts because you've been in firefighting and because... Um, you believe that these tools can not only save the lives of the public, but save the lives of service members as well? Yeah, um, there's no shortage to what you can accomplish with the right amount of data and the right data set. And that's what the drones do. They provide the data. Once you have that data, you now have tangible information to work off of. So you could protect your members and protect property, protect the public better because you have an understanding of what really is going on in this situation. And data could be anything from, you know, a 2D map to, you know, just knowing which way the fire is extending or or receding. Um, if you have something that's actually, you know, going to your advantage, you're able to see the changes of the thermal in the, the video, and then you could adjust and allocate resources accordingly, therefore not putting more people in harm's way or taking people out of harm's way or protecting, you know, additional property and or persons. Um, so it all comes down to just how you allocate and use the data that these tools provide. 
Well, and it brings up an important question because I'm sure a lot of people are saying, well, how come DroneU uh, through their props platform is, is really working with people like John and Mike? Um, aren't there already, you know, training programs out there? Aren't there already marketing programs out there? Aren't there already podcasts out there? Well, there are. There is no shortage of, you know, information that's available to public safety entities. The problem is it's all over the Internet is problem number one. And you can't really vet what kind of information you're getting just by scouring the Internet and, you know, typing in, oh, I'm looking for, you know, brush fire drone operations. You don't know if that information is accurate. And there is a ton of programs out there already, which, I mean, they have some very capable operators, and I will never take that away from them. Um, but we could sift through that information and show what really works in the field. Um, we would network with, you know, different departments all over the country. And the main purpose is to find out this information for these operators and determine which is better than which information. And that's the information that we want to provide. Clear, concise, effective information that's been verified through, you know, other departments' use cases and other departments, you know, real world successes and or failures. Sometimes you could take that, you know, a department's failure and use that as a, you know, a source of information saying, hey, I wouldn't do this particular operation this way because it can lead to this. And that's basically the idea of everything as a whole is to put it into comprehensive um, place where you could easily get accurate information. And that's what DroneU has been doing for, you know, almost a decade. So if I understand it right, you're saying that a lot of the information out there is kind of all over the place. It's kind of, it's not really organized. You're, it's not really clear the source. And if this information is coming from a place of experience, meaning these are things that they've done in the field. But on top of that, you know, you bring up that, uh, you know, sometimes we can learn from others' failures. I mean, if our listeners remember when we had PJ Kirkpatrick on the show, we were talking about search and rescue, and he was like, look, I don't want to come on the show and say I know what I'm doing. I learned this from failing. I learned this from searching for an individual for a while, and then we popped up a drone, ran an autonomous mission, ran the information through the software, and found the body. You know, I think we can learn more from failure. Um, and I think you, you hit a lot of important points, right? The whole idea of getting good information is that it's one, born from experience. Uh, two, it's organized, it's palpable, it's retainable. Because one thing that I've learned here at DroneU over the course of the last 10 years is that you may know the content really, really well. But do you understand the educational side of it, the presentation side of it, the ability to create systems, the ability to make content retainable, relatable, um, you know, engaging? Because there's so many there's so many. Uh, I, I'll just say it. We recently were looking at one of our competitors and they were offering a class in public safety. And as a part of doing my due diligence for you, uh, I wanted to go through that class and, and what they were doing. And I was flabbergasted at how rudimentary it was. It was literally webinars and some voiceover videos with animation, uh, none of which was, it was more so like we got to comply with, you know, uh, FEMA and we've got to get our 100, 200 and 700. And it's like, okay, everyone knows that. Um, and uh, hey, you've got to work with incident command. It's like, you know, the reason that we, we 
birthed or we created Drone U was I was already working for another school um, teaching people how to fly drones. And I was the only person at the entire university who knew how to fly. And we wanted to create something that would teach people the practical application of this. And that's why we're so excited to work with you, because we have seen these other public safety podcasts. We have seen these other materials, but they're they're just not born from experience and they don't contain a lot of practical information. And between you and or you and Mike, excuse me, you have almost 40 years of experience, probably what, 10 or 15 of actually using drones so, I mean, you are the literal source of this information operating in the largest uh, municipal or urban area in the country. And so I feel like what I'm hearing you say is, look, we're doing this, Paul, because one, there is a lot of information out there, but it's all over the place. We want something comprehensive. But it also seems like this is coming right from your heart because you know what works, you know what doesn't work, and it's time to clear the air and provide that practical insights. Correct. So when we started our department's drone program, there was no information. There was no resources. There was nothing. Um, so we pretty much had to start from the bottom up building these things. And if you want to talk about failures, there was more failures than there were successes in the beginning um, because there was no no information. There was no comprehensive solution to kind of guide you down this path systematically say this is how you get from point a to point b so with no resources no guidelines there was no training of any kind we weren't sure if we were going to even operate under part 107 or operate under recoa at, at certain points and then you didn't even i don't even want to get into the legal hurdles of everything but once we got everything established and we started you know making progress you know it's an uphill battle then we were able to say all right well this works well, this training does not work. This works. Well, this does not work. And that's it's that education of, you know, trial and error that really we brought into the props program. The one thing is to have everything in a comprehensive, easy to follow, simple solution that brings you from point A to point B, which is your end goal is a funct fully functioning, you know, program. Um, and you could start with scratch. You don't need any existing, you know, stuff. You just need the members that are willing to go through the props program. And then once we have them in there, we can transform anybody that comes through that program, you know, into viable pilots. Um, and that is the end goal is to make sure not only that they know how to operate and utilize a drone, but what to do with the deliverables they attain, uh, the data sets. And how do they get that information that they're possessing out so it's used to save the lives of, you know, people and more importantly to protect their members that are operating yeah which is a whole nother um issue in itself with the sieges compliance and whatnot so okay so we're here to announce this new podcast to kind of um uh that augments the props public safety course or courses i really should say because it's a navigation through a bunch of courses that covers uh, more information than I even knew existed for uh, firefighting, EMS, uh, public safety as a whole, really. But help us understand this podcast that you're about to launch 
It's going to be an offshoot of Astronew, Props Public Safety. You know, hopefully in time we do some other props kind of stuff. But help us understand what is going to be covered on this show. You know, what is it going to go over and who is it really tailored for? It's tailored for public safety as a whole. So we're not going to stick to firefighting or law enforcement, disaster management. Um, it's going to encompass every every branch of public safety because that's how you get the most current and valuable information. It's going to outline tips and tricks and probably have procedures and go over. When we see failures, we're going to break down why this failure happened. How could it be avoided and protect you know the assets that these entities are buying or purchasing? Um, there's just so much to really go over, but we really want to tailor it to, you know, make it as educational and informative as possible, specifically geared to public safety. So as public safety operators, they operate in a different environment than what traditional drone pilots normally operate. They're normally able to pre-plan their incidents and know where they're going and how they're going to operate and have like pretty much an understanding of a simple operation. Whereas public safety and disaster management, you don't have that luxury. Um, it's, you know, you pull up on scene and you kind of have to figure it out from the very beginning of your mission, where your takeoff points are going to be, where you're going to establish your safe zones, what where, what kind of information are you going to be providing and to whom? And that's where this is going to kind of tailor to, it's going to make like these um, informative decisions and allow public safety operators to think outside the box, which is then going to broaden the horizons and create more successful missions. And we want to keep the platform open as well so that, you know, members and public safety operators are able to ask questions and have, you know, the information, you know, obtained to them, similar to like your Ask Drone You podcast, where somebody asks a question and that question gets answered. Um, and we want to be able to do the same for the public safety UAS community as well. So that brings up actually a couple of important points. Number one, uh, we are going to have a button where you can ask questions for these experienced um, public safety officers. I'm not sure uh, why, what the right uh, vernacular is. And in fact, that brings me to my second point, because you know, when it comes to all the various labels that are put on drone pilots, right, um, a law enforcement drone pilot, a firefighting drone pilot, a construction drone pilot, I think that there is a very real distinction between the commercial operators and the public safety operators in this one distinction which is, and I'll never forget the example when we were shooting this course, but the dynamic nature of an operation in public safety, because, you know, essentially, let's say you got a second or third alarm fire and you've got, you know, multiple hoses into a building, you've got thousands of gallons running out now of the bottom floor of that building onto the road. And what if that's where you took off and that's where your, um, your safe zone, as you were talking about, it was located. It seems like these operations in public safety are very different from commercial operations. But I would also argue that the same skills that you need to be a very good commercial drone operator, you would need in public safety as well. Right. You think of, you know, you've got to fly in close proximity. You've got to have, you know, as we call it here at Drone U, your head on a swivel. You've got to be operating under the same, you know, systematic uh, or systems and procedures. So that way, you know, you can really limit liability. You know, I think that while there are many different labels on different kinds of pilots, the amount of skills 
or the types of skills that you need is the same or similar, but the environment in which that you operate is much more intensive and it's much more dynamic and you've really got to be on your toes. And so that's why I think that, you know, talking about this podcast and what you're going to offer people, I think it's important to distinguish that it is for public safety, but also that some of these skills that you'll need are going to be the same sorts of skills that you would need to be a good commercial operator. It's just about tailoring that to the specific practical use cases of public safety and speaking from a point of experience, right? Correct. So we're not going to argue the point that, you know, commercial operators, you know, need a certain skill set and public safety needs a skill set. Um, however, if you're flying a commercial building, you normally don't have water shooting out 100 feet out of a window, <laughs> you know, and that happens for a public safety operator. Um, normally, if you're doing a commercial operation where you take off and land doesn't change. However, if this goes from a second to a third alarm and I have units incoming, um, guess what? I could lose my landing zone. So it's, it's that dynamic change of the environment that is really unique to public safety. And that's why public safety, I feel, needs their own dedicated source of information because it's that dynamic environment. And, you know, environment is the biggest factor in, you know, safe operations. Um, and that's really the point that we need to drive home. You need to be aware of your environment and your surroundings and your scene as a whole and focus on not only your mission objectives, but, you know, how do you safely obtain your mission objectives while maintaining situational awareness of your environment? A hundred percent. One question I have for you, and this is something we talk about all the time when we're out at conferences and we're in meetings, which we're in meetings all the time. Um, what would you say if you were to break up percentage wise, what would you say is the percentage of lives that are saved? Um, so let me put this in context. I'm not doing a good job of teeing this up. In using drones in public safety, what percentage of lives are saved by drones that are civilians and what percentage of lives are saved that are actually service members? And I ask this question because I know which way you're going to go with this, but I think it's an important point for a lot of public safety uh, to understand which is drones are not just here to save lives of civilians. They're here to save the lives of service members. And, you know, I give the example of uh, in Las Vegas, they had floods recently. And, uh, you know, there was a particular uh, firefighter who had pulled out a drone with Zoom and they were looking for a body that had been floating down one of the arroyos, one of the, the waste management or, uh, you know, water distribution systems that they have uh, in the desert southwest. And they popped up their drone and they were actually, they found multiple other bodies in that one flight and found the guy that they were looking for. And the captain came back and said, why didn't you tell us about using this before? And it seems like that drones really haven't, you know, gotten in the, um, they haven't been really understood by command, it seems like, in just which lives are being saved. Because if you've got three dead bodies in Arroyo, who are you really trying to save at that point? The, pe the people who are already dead or the people who are trying to get those bodies out of the water system, uh, you know, safely and effectively? So it all comes down to if you save the firefighter or the, the police officer, then that scene can be mitigated faster. So what we're seeing with 
with drones is we're seeing a reduction in time on scene. We're seeing a reduction in firefighter injuries. We're seeing a reduction in wear and tear on equipment because all this information that's being processed is being put to use. So if we have, you know, um, a situation that's escalating, they might say, all right, pull all the members off the roof. Let's get some towel ladders in here. Well, like, this is it. Now, what you just did, basically did was pull six people off the roof that possibly were in danger of that roof collapsing. Yeah. And then now you're getting towel ladders in there sooner because they see that the extent of this, you know, is beyond, you know, the scope of actual physical, you know, personnel. Um, so just bring in, you know, the heavy guns and get it knocked out. And that reduces time on scene, which reduces wear and tear on firefighters, which is less stress on the heart. Um, you, when you think about it, if you're standing outside a building and you've got 100 pounds of gear on and it's 100 degrees outside, that's wear and tear on a body that's not normal. But to answer your question, more drones being used to save firefighters, I believe, than actual civilians. Um, normally, we use the information that's provided by this to aid firefighters in, you know, the rescue or recovery of an individual or a scene. Um, so it's, it more tailors to most of the drone operations tailor to safety of members. When we have a die, uh, you know, a lot of scuba team goes down, they have a, uh, a drone that follows them overhead. Now this drone obviously cannot save this member that's under the water, but what it can do is mark that person's exact location. So now if there is an issue and let's say something comes loose and there's a, you know, a failure of some sort, they don't need to speculate where that individual is. They know exactly where that diver is located and they could send down a rescue diver directly to that location and be within, you know, three feet, which is, you know, if you stand your arms out, you know, on both sides, you could cover a six foot circle just by spinning around. And that's how we're seeing that this technology is being used. It's being used to keep the firefighters or the public safety operators safe and in turn give them the information they need to do their jobs better, which then in turn keeps the public safe. Which I think is a really important point, because at the end of the day, with the shortage of public safety members that we have across the country, if we can make them more efficient and more effective, then at the end of the day, the public is going to be safer as a whole. Correct. Uh, and it, it doesn't, you know, tailor to, you know, just firefighters or, you know, and just think about law enforcement, where the, some of these towns are actually using drone first responders. So you get reports of, you know, a person outside wielding a machete, we'll say, and then you go over there and he's got a broomstick in his hands. Well, now your officers are a little bit more relaxed. Um, they're approaching the scene a little bit different than the, what their original report was. Um and then just time on scene. And it's a matter of bringing that down to like um, to tangible information that's going to reduce stress upon the officers as well. So it doesn't just go from firefighting or, you know, it could go for law enforcement. It could go for EMS runs when you have multiple casualties of a car accident, we'll say. And now you go there and you send up this drone first responder, we'll say. And I know this is so far fetched, but this is actually being done now. And then they go and they see that it's a fender bender with somebody with a broken pinky 
<laughs> you know, now you don't have these units racing in there, putting other civilians' lives in, in danger because when, you know, the tensions are high, we're moving a little bit faster. It's just, it's all around that the information that comes out of it is a benefit when it's used properly. And that's what the idea is to get that information and make it used properly. And the whole purpose of props is to create that standardization, um, the in-person trainings and all that critical information but more importantly, it's about creating clear and concise mission objectives. And that clear and concise mission objectives is what really brings the whole program together. Because if you have the information and it's just between the drone and the pilot and it's not going anywhere, then it's completely dead data. Um, it's not being used. It's not being utilized. And it's it's essentially a liability more than it is a functionality. And that's what we see in a lot of programs across the country is, yes, they have a drone operator there and the drone is, you know, filming this, we'll say structure fire, but they're not giving the data to the incident commander who's now able to make tangible, actionable decisions based off of that data. So essentially they're just basically filming, a, you know, a structure fire, uh, you know, and that's where the whole program comes together. It, it not only creates, you know, the drone pilot, and walks them through the workflows of, you know, capturing the data, but it also tells you what to do with that data to make it tangible and useful for emergency and public safety as a whole. Yeah, and I think that the usage of drones in firefighting is going to be expanding rapidly. I mean, we are already seeing drones. Uh, one company out of North Carolina, we're already seeing their drones being used to attach to water lines to spray from the air to get up faster and be more precise and further away and creating solutions that work in super dense urban environments like lane switching VIO. You know, I mean, there's there's so much that's being developed, I think, to really make the lives uh, of service members easier, frankly. So that brings my last question uh, to you for the show, which is what's your goal? What impact do you want to have not only through this props public safety course of which we've been working on for two and a half years now? Um, and I mean, Hey, you want to make a comprehensive course. It's going to take a while. It's never going to be done, Paul. Right? <laughs> <laughs> growing. Um, and we keep that information updated. As you know, um, it's a living course. It's never going to be finished. Um, like you said it just now, the, the you know, you see that this, public safety sector is growing. Um, it's going to continue to grow. Um, if you look at any any analytics from about what the biggest you know use of drone is, public safety is definitely in the top two. Uh, I think it follows right behind construction. Yeah. Um, so with that, it's never going to be done. But all my goal is if I could save one firefighter life, then I'm happy. That that is my goal, and I know that that is going to happen with the use of drone technology, if that data is implemented in the right direction. And it would be an incredible achievement for me. However, I feel that just having drones in the air is gonna save a hell of a lot more than one firefighter life. I feel like it's going to really reduce um, a lot of the uncertainty of you know firefighting and public safety as a whole. I don't think we'll ever see those numbers until like, five to 10 years from now when the data is finally being processed on uh, when they started using drones, you know, with public safety operations religiously versus when it was done without them. 
I think once you see that data, that, that's going to be astounding. You're going to see a massive reduction in, you know, injuries and, you know, line of duty deaths, et cetera, et cetera. And like I said, if you protect the people that are protecting that, you know, the public, then the public is at the greatest benefit of that. Well, I mean, you also think of protecting, you know, service members from what I would call the black swan, which is what I've been learning about firefighters is their their biggest killer is actually cancer. It's like what you breathe in and with all of these homes burning and all these chemicals and solvents and whatnot. It's the black swan that you truly have to worry about. And if we can put hazmat sensors on drones and send them in instead of a person we may not know the impact of that for 20-ish years. So let me ask you this. I wanted to ask you a question that I thought would really resonate with people, and, and I've kind of been, been struggling to come up with something. And as I sat here, I came up with something. And it might be a very difficult question to answer, but it could also be, um, and it's also a tough subject, but it could also be extremely telling. But let me ask you this. In the wake of the anniversary of 9-11, how do you think the response to 9-11 would have been different in the age of drones? So you would have been able to monitor the air quality. You would have been able to overview the entire scene um, as a whole. So you would have been able to go over the pile and say, all right, well, we know that this is here, this is here, this is there. Um, let's allocate some resources here. You would have known that there was toxins in the air. You would have been able to see that, you know, because we have meters that are able to connect to these, to these equipment, giving you real-time information back to the pilot. That pilot can then now transfer that data to, you know, the incident management, whoever's in charge and say, hey, listen, this is the numbers that I'm pulling. You know, you might have to have these members mask up or let's get some, you know, some face protection for these members um, as they're doing their job. More importantly, you would have been able to see, you know, where the probability of, you know, the best spots to be looking for potential victims are. Um, or even traffic, right? How many how many engines were stuck in traffic? Yeah, yeah. well, uh, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to move an engine if, you know, traffic is completely gridlocked. It just doesn't happen. And a lot of those members, you know, they abandoned the engine and ran in and did what they had to do. Um, but essentially on something that's that large scale, the more data that you have essentially could aid the operation, you know, even better. And believe me, there was no shortage of people that were collecting data, but there was none of that data was being analyzed in, in at that time until, you know, a week later or two weeks later, because they didn't have the systems in place. They didn't have meters that you could actually, you know, get real time data readings. It all had to be processed. Now we have that technology. Now we have that, those abilities. Now you have, you know, an advancement. And it's not only in drones. You're going to see that in robotics and in every other kind of form, really. Um, land, sea and air, uh, where we're able to get tangible data out of these devices that we could use to protect the service members. Um, and like I said, if you protect the service member, you protect the public, essentially. And that's what it all comes down to. Uh, I think it would have been a different scene. There would have been a lot more regulation as far as as a firefighter. You're you're going to do what you have to do, regardless of, you know, 
the information that you're told for the most part. Uh, if they they said, oh, that air was bad, you know, you guys can't be in there. Um, they would have said, all right, do you have masks? And they, they would have said, no, guess what? They would have went in there with no masks anyway, because that's just what we do. Um, we'll put ourselves aside and do what needs to be done for, you know, uh, our other service members and the public. And that's just the nature of the beast. But I think more information always comes down to, you know, a better outcome. Well, better ladder placement, better personnel placement, better understanding of sources of fires, sources of, uh, of uh, solvents, or I forget the name, catalysts. Um, uh, what do they what do they call that? Like fuels, excuse me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and now I think about, too, what would 9-11 have looked like in the future of the drone industry? Let's say 10 years from now. What if there were 30 or 40 drones swarming the 95th floor of Tower One, putting the fire out when we couldn't even get water up there? I mean, you know, maybe the outcome would have been completely different. It, it could have. I mean, who, who knows? But uh, that's not, you know, not far from reality. Um, I mean, when you really think about it, there are some viable companies that are working on firefighting drones. Um, if we'll see them in my career time. Maybe, but I highly doubt it um, because I don't have that much longer to go. But um, I think that, you know, it's only going to progress and use cases are only going to continue to grow. And if you notice now, a lot of uh, the equipment coming out is really focused on getting as much information to the pilot as possible. And you've seen that with the, like the M30 with the laser rangefinder and the M300 as well. The nighttime camera, the uh, the H20N is designed specifically so you could see at night without a spotlight. Now, that doesn't really matter to, you know, the firefighter, but that's a big deal to a law enforcement agency who's now able to, without spotlight, see their the person of interest that they're they're using the drone to, to look at uh, and see clearly. Um, so, I mean, like you're seeing these technologies being geared to give as much information to the operator as possible so that they can conduct a, a more safe and thorough operation. And as long as technology continues to grow in that form, you're going to see, you know, advanced use cases such as firefighting drones or, you know, hazmat metering built into these drones. Um, don't think that that's not going to be a thing. There is going to be a company that's going to say, hey, let's make this, you know, as small as possible and put it on this with a 40 minute flight time. <laughs> yeah, and. I mean, these technologies is, exist now. They're just going to get better and smaller and faster and more agile and so on and so forth. Yeah. Well, John, I just want to say thank you from everyone uh, for what you're doing and for helping people and providing the free information through the podcast. And for any of you out there who are in public safety, you've got to check out the props public safety program go to propsflightschool.com if you have questions for the podcast too you can upload those questions there but john i just want to say thank you very much for coming on today really appreciate your time yeah i thank you for having me paul i mean it's been a long hard two and a half years plus and it, we're just going to keep pushing this forward and give everybody the best damn public safety course on the market most comprehensive and you know really transform you know, public safety training, that's as a whole to give them the best chance of success in their operations. Well, John, if you really, 
if you think about it, no one can actually really compete with us because we're working with guys like you who have literally a full career of using robotics equipment in public safety. So in pairing that with systematic information, methodical implementation of training, and then putting it on an education platform that's built to service multiple pilots to make scaling rapid and management easy, no other program has that. It's all a no. single use case, single use case. No one has that. Yeah, and that's what we see with a lot of our trainings that we, we did the research when we were figuring out trainings for props is, yes, you could go and, and fly this makeshift you know hurricane scenario or fly this overflooded river scenario. But then you're going to these single use case trainings, which are great to build up, you know, um, you know, muscle memory, you know, familiarity and stuff like that with the equipment. But you need more. You need to be well-rounded as a public safety operator because you're not only going to fly, you know, hurricane scenarios or tornado touchdown or overflowing river. You're also going to fly that structured building. You're also going to have these internal flights or I guess you call them kind of confined space, but um, flying inside buildings. Um, so you really need to be well-rounded. And that's what props does is it creates well-rounded responsible operators. Um, and it gives them, like I said, the, the main objective is the clear and concise mission objectives. Without mission objectives, you're going to start going off on tangents. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more, John. Well, thank you again for coming on today. Everyone, check out the Props Public Safety Podcast, because honestly, I think that we have uh, a calling to help those people that uh, sacrifice everything to help us. In a time when we're so divided, these people don't ask questions. They just help us. So maybe it's time that we help them in return. John, thank you again for joining me. I do appreciate it. And uh, if you have a question, go to that propsflightschool.com, click public safety, and you can ask John and Mike a question directly and get that answer. That's going to do it for us today. For those of you who are wondering about the Props Enterprise platform from DroneU, we've done shows on this before. You've got to check it out. You don't want to miss it. There is no competition. Thanks again for joining us on another edition of Ask Drone You. My name is Paul, and we'll see you next time. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.